Father God, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask you to give us all eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive. I feel that it is your heart and your passion for people to know who they are in Christ so that you can have the most awesome relationship with them and so that they can in turn share your love with others. I pray, Lord, that you'll give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened and flooded with light. And I thank you, Father God, for your word. I ask you for your anointing. I pray that you will impart something to them. You so desperately want to speak to us. You so desperately want people in your church, so your body, to hear and to yield to you and to just do all things with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. So we now give you place and we listen and we ask you, Holy Spirit, to speak to our hearts. In Jesus' name, Father, we pray. Amen. Amen. And one thing, part of my prayer is in your hands. One of the Ephesians prayers um, like when I was praying for us, I prayed for a spirit of wisdom and revelation in Ephesians 1, um, like 15 or 18. I prayed for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. So that's how we pray when we can just pray. We can pray the word of God. We can pray scripture and it's like tapping into a source. So let me start here. Um, I'm not real technical and I didn't make slides for everything, okay? But I did make a few main points. So when we are making disciples, the end goal, like, so when you're taking steps, look at the end goal. The end goal is for the individual to grow and become fully mature in Christ. So with that goal in mind, when we're making disciples, we want them to develop and grow. And I'm going to point out a few scriptures. I mean, we will read our prayers, and that'll be towards the end. But I want to lay a, f a foundation. How do we pray? What do we do? So making disciples isn't just teaching spiritual disciplines, such as, um, you know, read your Bible and go to church, all these external things. But those are just steps for the end goal, like to mature in Christ. So I see the heart of discipleship woven perfectly through Colossians 1, 27 through 29. It just kind of jumped out at me. And there's like four points in it that consist, make up discipleship. To them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we may, third, present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor. For <laughs> to this, I, we labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. So Christ is in us. He dwells within us. We are the recreated, born-again spirit, like I had mentioned. So when you're talking to people, don't just talk to the external component, but look at their heart. And, and, and God will give you wisdom so you can develop and grow as well. And you can know, you know, when you know who you are in Christ and you have that sensitivity, and then you can pray, you know, like from that place, minister to others. You know, know that Christ dwells in you. And then as you pray and you disciple others, Christ dwells in them. You know, and, and people are at different stages, but he dwells in our recreated, born-again spirit. Um, I don't know if I wrote that on a slide, but um, basically, um, these don't go, the slides aren't, everything. So just, you know, they're just some general gist, but it's like he dwells in the um, born again spirit and we preach him to others. What are we preaching? What is the message that we're preaching to other people? I could put that slide back. I didn't know if I detailed it out, but um, basically what are you preaching? Christ is in you. That is the message. And so that they may grow up in Christ. It's a process. It's like <laughs> when a baby's born, he grows. And same with us spiritually. It's a process. We grow up in Christ. So that in all we do, we work toward this goal with the anointing. To the last verse was like, that we may labor, striving according to his working, which works in us mightily. So there's a working that he 
works in us and partner we can partner with that and that's the anointing we can tap into it um, so spiritual development happens when Christ is formed in us my favorite verse and the basis of I use for today is my little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you but we see the word travail and what does that mean, or labor? There's some verses where it says, I labor in birth until Christ be formed in you. So you can apply these to yourself, and you personally can develop and grow. But then also, as you mentor other people, you um, pray for them, and you help them develop and grow spiritually. You counsel and give them wise advice for things that they're going through. But then you also, we're going to talk about what does it mean to travail in prayer or to labor? Um, Paul, he was a spiritual father to the Galatians. This Galatians 4.19, he's like crying out because they started to go back into legalism and to be justified. Oh, somebody was false teaching was coming along to these new converts saying, oh, you know, you have to do this and this and bring back the letter of the law. And they started to follow it. And Paul, instead of just sitting back and saying, go your way, you know, I'm sorry. He said no. And he got on his knees and he travailed in birth until Christ was formed in them. So when the people that he was um, discipling and mentoring started to go astray. We can't control people's will and nor is God asking us to, but there's a whole spiritual realm out there that we can pray. We pray things through and then they're manifested in the natural and we can't control people's will, but we can pray and there's a way to just pray and you touch in get in touch with the heart of God and you can pray. So Paul, when he saw all these people going astray, he got on his knees and he did something about it and he prayed and he taught them the word of God and he connected with you know, the spirit. And First Corinthians 4.15 says, For though ye have 10,000 instructors in Christ, yet ye not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I have begotten you through the gospel. So there's a way to pray and you bring things about. The Greek word for begotten is to procreate, to regenerate, to bring forth. So there's a way to pray, even to pray for your loved ones. Um, like a spiritual parent, they're not a mere instructor, but they'll get on their knees and they'll pray for the, those that go wayward. And he prayed fervently. And the word travail, the word travail is um, from Greek. I looked up the Greek and it's like to be in pain as when a woman is in travail. So spiritually there's a travailing and it's not getting all weird. I mean, and people I mean, intercession is not just like an office. People think, well, I'm an intercessor. Well, you know what? You have the Holy Spirit in you, and as he wills, he might drop something in you, and you might pray in like an ugly way you've never prayed before, like this heartfelt gut. Well, where'd that come from? But that's the Holy Spirit, and don't be afraid of it. But you pray something, and then there's like a release, and then you have peace. I went to Rama Bible Training Center. I am ordained with the Assemblies of God, but I'm a Rama grad, and... Um, I remember I had a roommate and we were praying for our family and we got to my brother. There's five of us, okay? We had a long prayer meeting, but we prayed. We got to my brother, Mark, and um, my friend, my roommate said, we need to pray for him. I'm like, okay. And I was a young Christian, so I'm like, okay. And we just prayed in the spirit because we're, we're baptized in the spirit and we have our prayer language. <laughs> and so we spent like 30 minutes praying for Mark and then got the release and then about maybe three or four years later, he was in riding his bicycle in um, Amsterdam, New York, on these really big hills. And he was um, going down a hill and a car took the corner and hit him. And his helmet was cracked. And he, I was in Ohio at the time. And I got a call. He was in like, oh, it's like so funny when you talk about things, the emotion comes up. But he was in ICU. He was in critical. And it was like, but he's okay now. He's like, he healed. And, and, but I really believe, and I know, God is faithful to you. He is faithful to you. He'll put things in you. So as you grow, this isn't just a, a formality. It's like a way of life. It's like when you know the Holy Spirit, he will put things in your heart and you will pray. You'll praise things through that you don't even know about. But years later, God knew. And God knew that I was 
faithful in listening. And like when you just listen, he'll put things in your heart and you pray it through. And then it's like he changes what's in the natural and it's a walk. So part of this class is for you to see who you are in Christ, for you to develop and grow, that you've got that nugget, you've got that, like know that place, that place that God speaks to your heart and listen. And and if you haven't been baptized in the Spirit, because like, we all have the Holy Spirit when we're born again, but then there's also a subsequent experience they say for after you're born again there's an empowering and it's the baptism of the Holy Spirit and I'm more than willing and I know Amy would help me afterwards if there's anybody that wants to pray for the baptism because it's an empowering and it's just praying in a language that's not your own but it's praying through something in the spirit and so we're more than willing to offer and share that so please don't let me forget after but um so this is about you knowing who you are in Christ and Christ being formed in you and then walking in that and then he'll give you discernment. He'll give you wisdom. He'll give you a knowing when you're counseling people that are hurting. You just sometimes have a knowing. I was talking with somebody earlier today and, and they shared something and then I just kind of had a knowing and I shared a few things that were just accurate to where that person was at and so God wants us to flow with him he wants us to yield to him he wants us to have that relationship with him he sent the Holy Spirit to dwell within us and it's like what are you doing with him where did he I, I spoke at an um, African refugee church a few weeks ago and it was so it was so it came, something came out of me in a good way my husband's like I never saw you preach that way but there was something in me and it was like I was telling them that although many of them are integrating into our culture and assimilating in um, they might feel like a culture within a culture because they you know speak a different language and they, I had an interpreter they didn't speak English and so as you're integrating into America you may feel like a culture within a culture, but don't bring that mindset into the body of Christ. You are the culture, and the Holy Spirit wants to express himself through you. And so it was beautiful because all of us, no matter what our background is, the Holy Spirit wants to express himself through us. Jesus, he said, you know, when he was you know, about to leave this earth and go up and face the cross and the resurrection, he's like, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm sending somebody to you. I'm sending the Holy Spirit to you. He's carrying on the ministry of Jesus. And it's his heart and it's his passion. It's his yearning and his longing for us to know him, to see him, to operate in him. He wants us to be free. Who the Son has set free is free indeed. But yet we have to know him. We have to yield to him. It's like waltzing. Like I'm Polish, so at my wedding, okay, we had this guy play the accordion for some of our music and had did the polka. You know what I mean? And it was fun. It's like, I don't, I'm not a big polka person. I mean, I don't know how to really dance, but uh, it was fun. It's, my aunt did it, so I wanted to do it. And I'm the third generation from Poland, so that's my strongest heritage. And so I bring that up because it's like with the Holy Spirit, not that he wants to polka with you, but he wants to waltz. It's like the Holy Spirit, there's, it's like knowing that place, knowing the Holy Spirit, letting Christ grow within you, and then just like you waltz. It's like you yield to the Holy Spirit. Does every, do you guys know what I mean? It's like you yield to him, you worship him, the Father God through the avenue of see the Holy Spirit doesn't talk about himself he always points you to the Father so you worship the Lord but our connecting points the Holy Spirit the Trinity the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit and just like you you're a Trinity you're made in his image you're a spirit you have a soul and you live in a body and so our our bodies are carriers of his presence so you have the Holy Spirit inside of you so that is the key point you have Christ in you and we're like what are you doing with him I've been saved uh, November 12, 1983, and I was senior in high school. All you math wizards now are probably going to think, how old are you? If you were a senior in high school in 83, that makes you old. <laughs> but I don't look a day over 35, so go for it. I don't care. So... <laughs> I, I always say I'm a Polish New Yorker, and I don't talk fast. You just listen slow. Amen. So basically, the like what you are going, what my heart is for you to be impart to you. Who are you in Christ? Christ is in you. He's to be formed. He's to grow and um, like spiritually. So discipleship isn't a set of rules. Like the Galatians were trying to go back into Jew, um, like just the regulations of the law, and they were getting in bondage. Well, my key point, which. 
I'll say it now. It's like if you try to go back, oh, read your Bible, go to church and tithe, and then you're a Christian. You're no better off than the Galatians were that Paul was travailing in birth until Christ was formed in them. If you think to be discipled is all of those external spiritual disciplines, you're no different than the Galatians that had to be set free from the works of the law. How are we any different? So we have to look at the um, freedom in Christ and what he was praying for the people. And I'm way out of my notes. So like, okay, so basically, um, how are we any different? Let me see what this slide says. Um, Galatians 4.12 says, I, how do you say that name? E-P-A-P-H-R-A-S. Yeah, good job. Who is one of you, a servant of Christ, he salutes you, always laboring fervently for you in prayer, that ye may, that ye may, let's say it together, stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. How do you stand perfect and complete in all the will of God? Because Christ is formed in you. So laboring fervently in Greek is striving or struggle to contend with an adversary. How many of you know that you have an enemy? And he doesn't like you. The devil, no matter how pretty you are, how nice you are, you, if you're sitting here, you have an enemy. And he hates you. We don't focus on him, but we defeat him. We walk in the victory and authority that we have in Christ Jesus. We can only do that when we walk in him, when we grow, when Christ is formed in us. And then when we pray for other people, we pray that Christ will form in them. Amen? Amen. Okay. How do you think Paul prayed um, when he said, I labor? If you could be a fly on the wall and he says, I labor, I travail until Christ be formed in you. We know he did that. But what, what did that look like? If you were a fly on the wall, what would have you heard? Would have you heard, he used to be a Pharisee. So anybody? Were you going to say something back there? Anybody? Okay, he used to be a Pharisee, so I'm sure he knew the Jewish, everything to know about him. He also was a man of power and the anointing. So when he says that he travailed and labored in birth, you know he got down like he, some preachers say they eat the carpet. You know, they get down there and they get on their knees and they like do some heart-wrenching praying. And so it's with an intensity. So when you pray for people, and, I, and you don't want to manufacture it, and like you, you don't, you know in your own journey, you walk with God, you know the Holy Spirit, you know the anointing, and you know the flow, like when you waltz with Him, and when you know Him, when you know the voice of God, and you, you have a sensitivity to the Holy Spirit, then you take that with you into all you do. And then when you're walking and mentoring and discipling, it's like you sometimes just know something because of his equipping, his gifts. So he's in you. So you don't have to manufacturing travail and laboring and how do I do that. I'm telling you that there's a way to walk with God. You walk with God and know that Christ is in you. He's formed in you. He wants to develop and grow in you. And as you have that connection, that relationship, you bring that into your whole life. Every sphere of influence you have at work or you might be in the grocery line and you're just getting a sense for somebody. You feel their pain and you might smile at them and that alone would show them love. Or you might say, a kind word to them or you might say you know what I just had however your sincere way without being woo you know you could talk to them and reach out to that person and and just that's yielding and walking and just being real that's being the church outside the walls God's heart is to kick the walls down keep the church because buildings are important we assemble a place to worship is important but he wants us to get out of them out of the walls you know and just to be aware and alert to those around us so that we can you know pray reach people so for me you know I shared what when I think about travailing in prayer, what does it look like? Um, 
I would be intentional in praying for somebody. I would connect with the heart of God. And I would pray until I get the release. I would pray with my understanding. Like if I was praying for a lost person, I would say, Oh, Father God, I pray for George, Lord. I pray for him. I surround him with faith and love. I surround him and I bind the blinders that are on his eyes that are keeping him from seeing the light of the glorious gospel. Like 2 Corinthians 4, 4. I don't know if I have a slide for that. Um, but 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says, it's not written down up there, but that the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelievers so they can't see the gospel. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. So when you pray for a lost person, you can pray the word. You can pray. You bind the blinders that are on their eyes that are keeping them from seeing the light of the glorious gospel. I surround them with faith and love and I pray for them. And you can... Um, and if pray like Acts 4, 12, salvation is found in no one else. Oh, but you, Father God. And you can find scripture and just talk to him. When you pray, you pray with your understanding. You can pray in your prayer language, but you pray the word of God. The word of God will not return void, but it shall accomplish that which it was sent out to do. So you can stand on the word of God and you can pray. For it is written, when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, for it is written, he was tempted and we will all be tempted and go through things. But we can stand and say, for it is written, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. When you get these attacks, I know I've shared with Amy, but just um, my... <laughs> I accidentally discovered something like like spots or something on my brain. They, I had a CAT scan and they said there's demyelization. And then they said, well, people who have MS have this present. And I was like, so I had to do an MRI and another one. And on Tuesday at 9.30, I get a lumbar puncture. So pray for me. At <laughs> no, no, like mistakes back there. But I'm standing on the word of God. So I'm going through the process. I'm going through what, okay, doctors say I need another MRI. And they're just trying to rule out MS. Okay. But I know that I know I don't have MS. And I know like in Amy were texting, you know, and she's like, anything that is in your body that wasn't there when God created it, we rebuke it. And I'm like, amen. So when you're praying for healing for your body, like you have symptoms. I mean, Abraham, he didn't call what was and denied it. He, I mean, he called those things which be not as though they were. He called in the power of God. He called in the healing of God. So he didn't, it's like you don't deny what is there, but you call in what trumps it. I trump, you know, God's power trumps anything physical that might be trying to attack my body. So I picture like a bulldozer and like if a symptom of some like pain in my arm or I picture like a bulldozer pushing it away. So it's, and, and I'm not being like in denial, but truly I can stand on the word of God. By Jesus' stripes, I was healed. Isaiah 53, I was healed in the spirit realm at that time when Jesus went to the cross. I can stand on the word of God. I can look at a symptom in the face and say, I rebuke you, pain, or I rebuke you. Like if there's something that's trying to encroach or manifest, I can look at it and say, I rebuke you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I appropriate the atonement. I receive. I receive, Jesus. You bore this on your body. He did. I was healed, and I receive. Do you ever like wake up and uh, you're like maybe half awake and the Holy Spirit, and, okay, I'm not super spiritual, I promise, I'm really not, but just in the last like month, I had two different times. I was like kind of waking up, <laughs> holding you all in suspense. <laughs> I drink my water. But I was like waking up, but the Holy Spirit was speaking to my heart and it was like receiving, like just sort of, there was a sense of his presence. And the only thing I can think about, is, and I'm not disrespecting him at all, but ever like have a cat or a dog and they might not? Yeah, just like while you're sleeping and they might want to like play, you know? Well, twice in the last month, I, like, I woke up. I mean, and I was kind of like asleep in that state where you're kind of waking up and and I sensed him speaking to me, like just in a very gentle, nothing like boom, boom, but it was just a, a knowing. It was that still small voice. It was his presence just working in me. And it was like one of them was like just receiving, like, like how he's done all the work. And we just simply receive it. And we abide in him. And we abandon ourselves to him. And, and it was just a beautiful, simple, pure thing. We just abandon ourselves to him and have that fellowship. He doesn't want relationships. Like he wants relationships.
relationship. He doesn't want us to be caught up in religion. He wants relationship. And he wants us to abandon ourselves to him. He wants us to, to develop and grow and, and be formed. He wants to be formed in us. Did you know that this word in Greek is um, to form, to fashion, transform. He wants to be formed in you. He wants to be formed in those you're discipling. So to form, fashion, transform. How many of you need to be transformed? Do you ever have transformers when you had your kids were little? They had these transformers. They're kind of like little cars and they grow up to these big giants and <laughs> they're transformed into something. Well, God transformed us and he's maturing us and the word that is used for form is this is the only place in the Bible where it exists. It's used here. And it depicts a Christian as a little child who needs to mature. So we all have to mature and grow. And he wants to be formed in you. And I picture like Play-Doh or Putty and he's forming. And it's not like a striving. It's not like a, oh, you got to do this and that. But you just abide in him. And he wants to, his life, like a branch and a vine. He is divine, so we're the branch, okay? He is the source. And we abide in him. And when the branch stays connected say through winter and the storms and the ice storms they stay connected seasons change and then the fruit comes but you have to stay connected so when you go through hard times when you feel dry the root doesn't change just the fruit and we were in a woman's bible study at church like a month ago and the lord showed me that i was like that's cool so when you when you don't see the fruit know that the root is still the same Okay, the root. That was a Holy Ghost. <laughs> so I thought I'd share that with you. But the root. The root is the same even when the fruit is different. You stay connected and draw your life from Him. And if you are like, get impatient and you say, enough of this, I'm not waiting anymore, I don't want to do this, or I don't want to be connected, and you cut off and you're like a branch laying on the ground, well, guess what? When spring comes, you're out of luck because you're not going to get green. You're not going to bear fruit. You're going to be a dead branch on the and what a lot of people do, they try to pick it up and they try to like duct tape it. They try to artificially connect. It doesn't work. You have to stay connected to the source. He wants to breathe life into you. He wants you to develop and grow. He wants you to know who you are in him. And, and one thing that you can do is like you go through the New Testament when you see in him. You can highlight the scriptures in him. Who are you in him? And it's beautiful. He, he wants you to know. Just He wants that connection to happen. So how do you know when Christ is formed in you? By the fruit you will bear. Galatians 5, 19 to 25. Um, I'm not going to read it all because I, I guess I could. But who wants to read Galatians 5, 19 to 25? Anybody? Why are you guys being so shy? We know you're not shy. Mm -hmm. But Galatians 5, 19 to 25. And while you pull it up, I'll read 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. So there's a walking, there's a way to walk. In, this, in Galatians, it's going to talk about the two different ways, the works of the flesh or the fruit of the Spirit. And you will know if Christ is being formed in you by the fruit you're bearing. Okay, go for it. Okay, I'll try to talk loud. Okay. Now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Amen. Thank you. And so we see there's the works of the flesh 
or we see there's the fruit of the Spirit. So works is something you strive for and like the works of something and that's the works of your flesh or there's the fruit of the Spirit like that you will bear when you abide in Him. So as, you, as Christ is formed in you, you can pray for other people that Christ would be formed in them but you have to have that first and you will bear fruit. So how do you know if Christ is formed in me? Like, what am I walking in? What fruit do I bear? Am I bearing, you know, like how do I react in a bad situation? Do I, you know, swear and just get all ugly? And, and I'm not perfect. I mean, I've got teenagers. I mean, I've sworn even in the, probably in the last, well, I don't, I've been better. I haven't sworn that much lately. But honestly, but, but I mean, sometimes they press a button, you know. But, um, but I've noticed, hey, I've been, I think I've been getting better because I honestly don't think, I can't remember the last time I swore. Oh, yay. Yeah, I mean, not that I always had a swearing problem, but you might say a word of this or that when you get really mad. And don't look at me like I'm really bad or throw a stone because he's without sin. You could throw the first stone. Okay, but so you, we have flesh, however your flesh would react, but then you see yourself growing and progressing. You're growing Christ, his ways, his thoughts, you're, the word is getting in you. I'm speaking three times this month and I could go the rest of the year without speaking. Unless you guys need me to come and tell this message to your people, I will. But, um, but to Christ, but he's opened these doors. So I've been really in the word and I can see how I've been growing. And maybe that's why I've been more sensitive to the spirit. And I've just been connected more because I've been really pressing in, even in a deeper way. And, and so by the fruit... The fruit of the Spirit, like when you're abiding in Him and growing, you'll see love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. So you know when, um, you know, those you're discipling and like you'll see the fruit of how effective it is. And, and so you pray, like you pray for Christ to be formed in them. You know them by their fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, give it away. Um, and so the question is, now for you, and then how you can tell people how, um, like how they can grow. Like how do you grow? Okay, so this is for you, and then once you get it, you share it with those you're discipling, okay? So this is a twofold message, you and then for others. So let's start to say with you, we'll apply it to ourselves. So how do you personally grow and mature? How do you encourage those you're discipling to mature and grow? This is where practicing the spiritual disciplines. Minister to the Lord daily. You can like sit at his feet or I honestly, my legs fall asleep when I kneel a lot and I can't get up after I've been kneeling for like a long time <laughs> because I'm like, my body just doesn't work that way. So I walk or if I'm doing the dishes or if I'm driving or if I'm just walking around the house often <laughs> I'm like praying in the spirit I'm just worshiping him you know I might be doing something and I'll just put my heart towards him and I'll just pray and you can pray use your prayer language and pray in the spirit and just worship him and and but have intentional times like if you're waking up and laying in bed or something just minister to him turn, turn your hearts towards him start your day worshiping him surrender your will not my will but your will be done listen and don't do all the talking um, so you can minister to the Lord daily you can be sensitive you'll become sensitive when you listen you can hear his voice um, pray in the spirit and you'll be refreshed like Jude 120 it says um, but you beloved building yourself up in your most holy faith praying in the Holy Spirit so Jude 120 Build yourself up. You have to be strong before you can give to others. And you listen for his voice, the still small voice, and then obey and respond to what he says. You abide in him, like I mentioned with John 15. You grow and develop as you abide in him and you sit at his feet. John 15, 4 and 5, is like, abide in me and I in you. As a branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm the vine, you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. And yield, if you're getting on the highway and you're on the on-ramp and cars are whizzing by, you yield to them. So in a sense, like you yield 
trying to picture that, put that analogy together. Like, which one are we? Like, we're, get, we're, get, we're, we're getting, we connect to God, but we yield and we give place. Like, when you're getting on the highway, you give place to those cars whizzing by. You, but in a sense, like, with the Holy Spirit, you yield to him, like, with that waltz. You give place to him. You let him lead you, and you follow him. But we have to partner with him. Um, 1 John 2, 27, we have to yield to the anointing that he's given us. It's all about the anointing. We don't go out and just do things in of ourselves. It's um, like of the flesh, but of the spirit. We yield to his anointing, which you've received from him, abides in you. And as you do, he'll express the Father's heart through you, and you can lead people into that place. And so praying for those we disciple has such a critical role. role. When people spiritually mature and develop, Christ is formed in them. They will be hungry for the word of God. So when we do all this, like we don't have to teach the spiritual disciplines like do this, this, and that, but help them develop and grow and know who they are in Christ and know their father just in a personal way. Then they will be hungry for the word of God and they'll want to read it. They'll want to pray and sit at the feet of Jesus. They'll want to go to church and fellowship and tithe. When Christ is formed in them, they will want these things. So if we teach baby Christians the disciplines only as like the the goal in and of themselves, it'll just kind of trip them up as the Galatians were. And so we have to, you know, teach about Christ being formed in them um, and just knowing who they are in Christ. That was my basic foundational teaching, but now I have these scriptures that I wanted to go over. We have time because these are the prayers. So now how do you pray for those you're discipling? We know that you are a spiritual parent. You have a heart to not be just a mere instructor, but you got your radar up. And when the devil's trying to attack them, you got your radar up and you're going to pray. You can pray the word. You can pray with your understanding, but you can um, you pray in the spirit you pray the word and there's scripture for everything but here's I have one two three five prayers and I wanted to look at and I'll show you how to pray like Ephesians 1 did everybody get one okay let's say for example you can personalize these prayers like when you pray Ephesians 1 say 15 to 23 that's a prayer for spiritual wisdom you can pray it for your pastors. You can pray it for yourself. Pray it for your spouse, you know. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm joking. I have, I have a husband named Paul. He's a good man. He's a businessman. He does corporate video, and he's very supportive of me as a woman minister. And I have uh, two kids. I have Elena, who's a senior in high school, goes to Dayton Christian. And then I have a son who's a sophomore at Miami University. And he's done powerlifting and he's done sports. Well, guess what he's trying out for at Miami? <laughs> it's funny. It's good. I'm proud of him. A cheerleader, a guy cheerleader. He catches the girl, you know, the people. He's so strong, so he can be like that person that catches when they do certain stunts and stuff. And I thought that is so cool. So. I'll be maybe a cheerleader mom. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to read this and just know that when you pray these, like the first two prayers are Ephesians, and when you pray them, there's blanks. You could pray for yourself. The preacher who introduced me to these, he said, I prayed them for like six months. Like he meditated on them and prayed for himself. He was a pastor, and he's like, my eyes opened up. I'm like, what have I been preaching up to this point? Because you, be, you, you just become aware, and you, you just, when you see, you see, and you know, you understand. It just brings a greater awareness to you. And then you can pray also for people you're discipling and your lost loved ones, just for them to see. But therefore, and it gets a little clunky, like with the first verse or last verse, you know, it's like, therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks. So you can put your own words. You feel like once you pray it, you just get the feel. It's not a religious ritual where you have to say it word for word. You can say, Lord, I give you thanks. You know what I mean? Don't get caught up in the form and, you know, like, but just get in the spirit of it. Oh, Lord, I'm going to pray for Amy. She's got 
a new job, and I'm going to pray for Amy today. I, Father God, give thanks for Amy. I make mention of Amy in my prayers, Lord. I hold her up to you. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to Amy the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of her understanding may be enlightened, that she may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards Amy, who believes according to the working of your mighty power, which you worked in Christ when you raised him from the dead, and you seated him at your right hand in the heavenly places, oh, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And you've put all things under his feet, under Jesus' feet. And you gave him to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I mean, you could stop two verses in at the very bottom, like you just declaring his lordship. So I prayed for Amy. I prayed for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of her understanding would be enlightened and flooded with light. And you pray, and you get in the spirit of the prayer and the heart of Paul when he prayed this for the Ephesians. You know, so like you just get in the spirit of it, and you pray, and then you could pray for yourself. Oh, Lord, I pray for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of my understanding would be enlightened and flooded with light. Father God, I yield to you. Just, you know, and then you declare his lordship and like his position, like he's, he was seated at his right hand in the heavenly places. It helps you realize your authority and like who you are in Christ, like you're, where you're seated, where he is and how you're over all principality. And it's a beautiful thing. So you pray this and you can pray it. You get in the spirit of it. Um, Ephesians 3, the next one down, 14 through 21. I'm going to pray for Jill. We are both credentialed ministers and we are in a mastermind group together. And so Jill, I know Jill. So I'm going to pray for Jill today. I am going to pray for a spiritual development. And she's a youth pastor. I love seeing all her pictures of doing all this crazy fun stuff with youth. It's beautiful. But I'm going to pray for you. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant Jill, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by your spirit in her inner man, that as Christ dwells in Jill's heart through faith, that she'll be rooted and grounded in love, and that she'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that Jill may be filled with all the fullness of God. I pray that she'll be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, this is like the praise, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. And so do you just feel like the peace? Like when you pray the word of God, there's like a peace. I can pray. I can pray this for Sharon. I know Sharon, she lives in Miamisburg. I live in Miamisburg. And I'm going to pray for Sharon. I'm going to pray the Ephesians 3.14 again. And you just get it. Get it in your heart. Um, for this reason, you know, I, I'm going to skip to like verse 16. I pray, Lord, that you would grant Sharon, according to the riches of your glory, to be strengthened with might through her spirit and her inner man, that as Christ dwells in her heart, that through faith, that she'll be rooted and grounded in love, and that she'll be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that Sharon may be filled with all the fullness of God. And then we, we give him glory. We give you glory. You're able to do exceedingly abundantly. You know that thing in her heart. You know what you want to do in her life. Father God, you're able to do exceedingly abundantly above all Sharon could ask or think according to the power that works in her, Father God, to you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. You're pronouncing blessings. As I was praying that, I was like reminded you are speaking blessings in life over somebody. So you pray. You pray for people. You're speaking blessings and life. And in him was life. And that life was the light of man. Like John 1, the beginning of John. In him was life. And that life is the light of man. When I went to Bible school, they had healing school. And there is this testimony of this woman that was brought in on a stretcher. She was beyond sick. She was like beyond on stage four. She was probably stage 10 cancer. I mean, she was, be, I mean, there's no such thing, you know, like you're dead between, you know, certain
certain point. But she was brought in on a stretcher with like like no hope. And and um, I remember hearing the stories about they prayed over her in the, that John one. I'd have to look up at the exact verse, but in him is life, and that life is the light of man. They spoke the life of God over her. They prayed the word of God. They would lay hands on her, and they would speak life over her. And they would, I mean, they truly did it in faith. They took a hold of it in the spirit, and they prayed. And, and she was healed. She, she, it was a gradual, but she was healed. So in him is life, and that life is the light of man. Speak the blessings of God. Speak the word of God. Yield to the Holy Spirit. Know the word. Know the spirit and yield to him. There's so much power that he wants to do. We look at the Acts church and we're like, wow, that would be cool. But you know what? God is looking at us saying, okay, I'm ready. I'm waiting. When we know who we are in Christ individually and corporately we get together, I mean, God can change the world through even the people here. When we grasp who he is and what he wants to do, he wants us to get out of religion and into relationship. He wants Christ to be formed in us. He wants to empower us. He wants us to rise up and walk. He wants to breathe life into us. He wants to wake us up, me included. And he wants to do something around us. And his heart is like yearning for us. He prays for us. In Romans 8, there's the verse about Jesus. um, He prays and intercedes for us. So as we're praying for people, we have the Holy Spirit. But Jesus He's praying for us, and we are running our race. In Hebrews, it talks about the um, saints who have gone before us. It's like this grandstand, and they're watching us run our race. And so we have a race to run, and he's praying for us. And we, he wants to empower us. He wants us to um, be the church. Empowered. There's people hurting and dying all around us. Then the next one is Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Does anybody want to read that and they can personalize it? And, and you can just, like, how would you pray that for somebody? Does anybody want to take a stab at that? And we are not judging you or listening. We're just like, thinking, oh, wow, you're brave. Cool. And then just have them personalize it. Does anybody want to try it? It's a third prayer down, Colossians 1, 9 through 14. Does anybody want to personalize it? Who wants to pray for me? Who wants to personalize it and put me in there and practice like there's no blanks like the first two? But you can pray for people. And when you learn, you just kind of get into the flow of things. Anybody? I'll do it. Yay! Amy, thank you. Katrina may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing you, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. May you strengthen her with your might, according to your glorious power, for all patience and long long suffering with joy. And may she give thanks to the Father who has qualified her to be a partaker of your inheritance of the saints in the light. She, you have delivered her from the power of darkness. Amen. Thank you. I received that. But when you pray for people, you pray the word over them. You speak life over them. And um, and I love, like, he has delivered us from the power of darkness, and he conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And I can't help but think of, like, it's just like a conveyor belt or something. Like It's just God's, I get this weird sense of humor sometimes, but he delivered us from the power of darkness, and he conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. And there's freedom in that. And from that place, we reach out to people. From that place of being free ourselves, we have to know. We have to be free, you know, and and know him. And then we can share him with others. And, um, I mean, God's merciful. We're not perfect and we're not, no one's arrived, you know. Like, he'll take us, like, he'll use us. But I'm just saying we strive to to know him. And he'll use us where we're at. Amen? And um, the last two are really short. Philippians 1, 9 to 11. And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more and 
knowledge and all discernment that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. So like, in this I pray that your love, like you can pray this for somebody, that their love may abound more and more in knowledge and all discernment. Um, and you, you, so you can, like you'll see words that in the New Testament, you can, there's pages and pages of prayers and you find things like and I pray and then you can take the truth of that and you pray it for the person that you know you can if somebody is really hurting and they're feeling um like rejected or lonely you can look up scriptures on rejection and you can just pray pray the word of God for them pray life and um and that's a good thing um Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Uh, you know, you be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, you let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ. And so, like, when you're feeling anxious, you can even, like, yourself, like, look at this and say, Lord, I'm anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, Lord, I give it to you. I trust you. And I lay this situation at your feet. I thank you. Like, with thanksgiving, you make your request known. You thank him. And then the peace of God will come. And it passes all understanding. Some things you just can't figure out. But you guard your hearts and minds in him. So the word will help you through situations. Amen? Okay, I poured my heart out to you today. I yielded to God to the best of my ability. And it is my prayer that you caught it. It is my prayer that something was a little nugget of, or a big boulder if God's not, you know, I don't want to underestimate God. But it is my prayer that you caught it, that you see yourself in Christ, that you have a spiritual substance in you, per se, that can grow and form. And you're not just a blob. I mean, that's Jesus inside of you. And that as you grow, he will lead you to people to reach out and disciple, because we're to share. And, um, and so that is my heart, that you captured that. Did you capture that? the nugget of truth. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to, Father God, we yield to you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you to the best of my ability. I yielded to your heart. I yielded to your voice. And now I did my part. And now, Holy Spirit, I ask you to do your part. I ask you, as they leave, that they will carry this. And it, perhaps it's a nugget, but it will grow and it will develop. And that they'll just the, the, just the, realization of who they are in Christ and your love for them, that they've been redeemed and that made their prayer life grow. Oh, Father God, I just pray that you will empower them, Father God, that they will just learn just your still small voice, Father God. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. And um, if anybody wants prayer for anything, you know, we can pray. we got a bunch of believers. Your faith is built up. You know you got the power of God in you. If anybody wants prayer, we'll pray. And if nobody, if you have never experienced the empowering of the Holy Spirit, like you're born again, but you've never experienced the baptism of the Holy Ghost, um, you, you can come. And I know I asked Amy to help me. But it, it's this very simple, beautiful thing. And you can just pray and say, Holy Spirit, um, you know, I always say, Jesus, please baptize me in the Holy Spirit. And then you yield to him and, and you can pray. So if anybody desires that, you know, I'm officially ending, but we want to pray for you if you have a need or if um, you would like prayer for the Holy Spirit to be empowered so you can grow.